hello, welcome to Infinite Quest. So we have some strange guests on this week. I've mentioned before in the podcast that I get my depression from my mother and my ADHD from my dad, and it just so has it that on my and Katie's little road trippy spectacular weirdness thing, uh, we were all in the same place at the same time at an Airbnb. And so I asked them if they would be willing to be on the podcast and talk about uh, their relationship and navigating their relationship uh, for the past 31 plus years. So uh, what follows is a conversation that Katie and I had with my parents, Carl and Dorsey Good. And for those of you who might be thinking, oh great, I just heard Eric talking about himself all day on Tuesday, please listen to this episode. Eric's parents are some of the most interesting people that I've ever had the opportunity to meet. And they have such beautiful observations about living life as a neurodivergent couple. This episode is for anybody who has ever loved anybody with depression or ADHD. And we are so honored and excited to have them. So enjoy. Well, thanks for saying that, Katie. I'm quite fond of them as well. Just for a little bit of backgroundy context stuff, my father is an artist. Uh, he was a journalist in New York City for... 30 plus years. He was the graphics director of Associated Press for a little while. He was the graphics director of Newsweek magazine, which if you don't know, used to be a weekly news magazine. It was highly respected for 80 plus years and it has since sort of died with the internet. And my mom uh, is until June, the development director at Michigan State University. So they're both both very capable people individually and together they create something that is greater than the sum of their parts. And uh, to reiterate, this is not an episode about me. It's not an episode about Katie. This is an episode about two people who love the ever-loving hell out of each other and have not only made it work, but have flourished together despite their neurodivergencies for 30-plus years. And they're just beautiful people in general. So, without further ado, enjoy. Transition. Well, hi, Mom and Dad. How are you? Great. Good. Great. <laughs> Thanks for uh, being on our fun little podcast. This is very weird, but also fine and cool and, and enjoyable and excited. I'm having fun. Are you, are you fun, eating Katie? enough? Are I, you eating enough? My favorite part of the podcast is how, once again, we haven't actually started the podcast. You just started talking to you. Well, no, we're going to do a whole Remember intro. We're so gonna you, you, we are going to do the whole thing. I was going to say the, the, the intro part. Well, we were going to do the intro separately, right? Dear, dear listener, you heard the whole wonderful little intro section that we just did. We don't have to do that no, again. Nice. We never done it in front of your parents. Are I wanted you to show them how, oh. how polished we were. Okay, hold on. We're going we're gonna to restart. I'm going to leave all this in, but we're going to we restart. Are. This is important to me. Yeah, all right, ready, ready? Hi, everybody, it's me, Katie Soros. Hey, it's me, hey, dude. That's it, that's all I want to do. Oh, just that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's our job now, Mom and Dad. That's what what you raised your kid to do. It makes it, it gives, we look like we have clout. I'm more proud now than I was the first intro. Yeah, we were not proud of you when we, the first intro. Now we're like insane. Really saved it with the hey, good. Oh, gosh. Well, I feel like it should fall to you to introduce this week's guest. I guess I should. Um, Well, uh, which here today we have uh, my mother, Dorsey Good. Hi, Mom. How are you? Hi, Eric. I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm, is... I'm super polite too. You're extremely polite, always, okay. and you never burp, or you never burp unless you're camping. No, nope. camping. We're not camping. This counts as camping. We're in a room with 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 blankets and stuff hung hung places. This is okay. like camping. It looks kind of. It doesn't it feels feel like camping at all. Like it doesn't feel right. I don't feel. Just don't burp. There's a tree right behind. There's a tree behind. Just don't. That's a real tree. Just don't burp. The other ones just... in this house are not real. 
Really? Yeah. Have you noticed there are a bunch of not real trees in this house? Liars everywhere. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't touched is, the trees like I know. It's not, just for the record, it's not our house. We're, yes, we're in an Airbnb. Eric, I have a podcast question for you. Yeah. Why are your parents here? Uh, my parents are here. Oh, because we're all vaccinated. We just got vaccinated. No, I meant like, why are they on the podcast? <laughs> what are we going to talk about? Today? Could you let me do my job? I Jeez, Katie. Would you let me do my We've had a podcast for six months now. That means I'm an expert. I know why we're here. Um, well, uh, and we also have my father, Carl Goon. Hi, Dad. How are you? Hola, I'm, how are you? I was going to do a thing, Katie. I was going to do a thing, vamp for a second, then turn. And now, now, okay? now there's a bunch okay, of spotlights buddy? on me. You okay. flustered. You Eric, are, Eric, are you nervous I'm, your parents are here? No, I'm not. I'm just acting nervous because I think it's charming. I don't think okay, yes, I'm nervous. So, well, well, there's my parents. That's fine. Eric, your parents um, are the coolest. But I've, I've talked a lot um, on the podcast about how I get my depression from my mom and my ADHD from my dad. You're and welcome. It's, and it's kind of fun that like now Katie's meeting them. So it's like, oh, that explains a lot about Eric and the way that he is. <laughs> and so having them on has always been sort of in the back of my mind, but I didn't know when we'd be able to see each other. But we all just got vaccinated, and so we're all together. And so I thought I'd take this opportunity to move everything around in this Airbnb <laughs> and make a nice little podcast recording setup. So, so that's fine. What's really interesting is, is, that, is that you just said that that now Katie understands where you're coming from because of us, and she's gotten to know us. Right. Whereas um, we are, uh, I've just totally lost my train of thought. You better pick this up. <laughs> You just first the whole. I just point. realized that end of the I was Thanks for I was me. totally on, on, on a on a roll with that. It was going to be so good. Oh, it was going to be good. It was That's the best be... part of having ADHD is whenever you lose a thought. Oh, it, I, it just hit me. Lose, oh, go go go. Shut go, the fuck up. So before I lose it, yeah, okay, no, 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 go go go. So Katie now understands you, right? Well, because of YouTube, Mom now understands me, huh. and it has made my life. And I think it was a lot easier. Are you speaking for me? No. Yeah, these are things you've said on the record. I'm just saying this on the record. I'm just going to try to so, so it's it's big. It's a big trade off at this table. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's totally true. And I'm, I'm sort of. That so was a good point. It was worth no, waiting a, for. That is a very good point, and it definitely feels very strange. Like having apparently helped my parents with their marriage. Like, as their kid, it's like that's just a very weird thing. But like ADHD is one of those things that. I wasted a lot of my life, certainly assuming that it was just some school thing. Like, it was only a problem because I was in this crazy artificial circumstance. And if I wasn't in that circumstance, then everything would be fine. Whereas it turns out, I've been learning over the past year plus, that's absolutely not the case. It is a deep foundational thing that affects, like, every little moment of your life, sometimes in a very subtle, not noticeable way, and sometimes in very grand ways. Um, and so... It's just a great honor that I could help bring you along in that journey. Yeah, none of your teachers thought you were ADHD. I, really? I asked, and I asked, and I asked. Really? Because I kept thinking, hmm, with all your frustration with school, and yet how clearly smarter than the average bear you were, I kept asking where the where the the gap was and, and how we could, and they, no. And so finally, you know who it was? It was your Odyssey of the Mind coach. Really? Yeah. Who said, and so we, without any backing from the school system, went off and had you tested. What do you think the Odyssey of the Mind Coach, what did they say? What did they, did they notice anything? Um, I honestly don't remember. I think she more, you know, because you remember her and she was always in teaching mode, right? So I think what she basically did was honor my instincts as a mom. Huh. Which I think is really That's very really important nice, yeah. and nice. But she um, agreed that it, it we might, it was really a nice way to put it, that we might learn something 
And I think that's for me with my depression and you with your ADHD is to think about, is to try to stay in the space of being curious and what can we learn? And we've always said to you, with my depression and Carl's ADHD, you got a really full plate of wiring in your head of stuff. And, and so my job, I always felt like, was to teach you and your brother skills as much as possible for what, how your particular plate needed to be handled. And so that's when we went and got you tested. That's really nice. I, we get a lot of people talk to us about not being believed either by their spouse or a surprising amount by their healthcare professionals, which is infuriating. So it's really nice to know that there was a person, I guess in my life, I mean, I didn't know that any of that stuff was happening, I guess, unless I did and forgot, which is entirely possible. But I, I didn't know that it was, that nobody believed you or, or me or never thought anything was the case. Well, until I, I wasn't, I can't say I was omnipotent and saying, Eric, wait, my kid has ADHD. I just knew there was a gap and that, Something like ADHD mm. could be the gap between, uh, and your frustration was just so huge. And it, it led to so much sort of self-loathing and why couldn't you just do the stuff? Mm. But then you also looked at me, I remember you were little, you looked up at me with like some math homework. It was like a worksheet of plus things. And you just, I said, Eric, just do it. It'll take you like four minutes. And you just looked up at me, you're like, mom. It's a worksheet. <laughs> and I had to give it to you because you didn't need 43 questions about what three plus four was. Um, you were just in agony. I remember, I, I don't know if this was you. I think it was you, but you said to do um, like polka dot them. Because you know those big like times table worksheets were always oh like five across and a million down or something like that. And I thought it was really, it was really fun to rather than just go across, I, I got to like, pick which one I did next, you know? So it was like a little side little side game or something Cre like that. Do it with creating patterns. Yeah, I could make like a little smiley face. I could do like 17 and 21 and then, you know, 31 through 36, and then it would be a little smiley face, you know? So it added like a little extra stimulation. Uh, somebody asked me the other day about um, cooking, why they loved to cook when they were making it up but couldn't do recipes. And this isn't like some DSM confirmed thing, but for me, I always found that if I'm doing a recipe, there's just not enough going on because I'm just doing the thing, you know, which is not to say that recipes are easy. They're not, but it's just doing the thing. Whereas if I'm improvising or have to improvise, suddenly there are like decisions to be made and there are like things to learn. And it's, you're, I mess it up all the time, but it's, it was more stuff going on. So like with the worksheet, it was like just a little extra thing of like, Ooh, which one am I going to choose next? Bumped up like the interestingness of it, I guess. Right. Right. Um, but I was also curious, like, I know you knew about ADHD as a concept because you were talking to my teachers and, and other people about it. Um, how much of dad's ADHD, like how, uh, how much of dad's ADHD on your, or your awareness of it was in your head as you were doing that? Were you thinking like maybe Eric's like Carl or was it totally not in your mind at all? Did you not even suspect that dad had ADHD? And I certainly am aware that you're here, dad. Please weigh in. Yeah, I'm, 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 um, how are you doing, Katie? I'm great. Yeah. You I'm look, just, you're I'm looking just good. You're looking here. good. Thank you. I think you're doing a great job. Too. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Keep going, you guys. Keep going. That's great. <laughs> Mom's looking at dad like so how did I was a talking well, answer the question <laughs> I feel like that's like a, that, anybody can answer that one that's a that's a that's a that's a free form what was the question well, the, well, the, I forget yeah. it happens was I was just gonna say three of us have ADHD mom you're the only one at this table without ADHD oh, Lord. sorry for that but the question was basically were you aware that dad had ADHD and maybe therefore maybe I had it 
Or... No, the, the time when, when dad's ADHD got named was when you were part of that study at Michigan State University right. about siblings and ADHD, and you both got tested, and we did a whole so bunch of yeah, testing. So call the brothers. Yeah, both brother. brothers yeah. got tested, and, and parents, we answered a whole bunch of questions as part of this multi- We were part of the control group. They had, no, to figure no. out, they had to figure out how we were compared so they could base... Well, we weren't were. the control group. We were the, the parents. We Whatever. Were the parents, yeah. We filled out a bunch of boards. Whatever the word, the it term was, it was a university <laughs> term. Screwed up the statistics. They were like, oh, no. I just worked there. I was just a professor. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? But it, it came back that both Cole and Eric had ADHD. Cole's, they said, may or may not affect his life. Eric's, they said, was going to affect his life. And then they wrote us a separate letter. Dear Mr. Good, while your children show signs of Attention deficit disorder. You, my friends, <laughs> are off the charts. And we they literally said off the charts. Well, they know, they but it said basically it wasn't. I think it was more scientific than off oh, the charts. Well, but thought, it was like that ass. They just make bigger like, charts. That's yeah. Well, the way I read it, it was off the charts. But well, it's funny you ask though, because no, I didn't. I didn't think. I have always thought. That I, that because that that depression, I made that link. Like yes, it's highly likely that it, that what Eric is talking about is depression because of me. But I didn't actually make the link. But back then, it wasn't ADHD. A little more, there was a stigma of being a just. It was. It just meant that you were a disrupt disruptive Absolutely. kid in class, and that's really what it meant. You're disruptive. You're. You're loud. You're generally a boy. Yeah, that's and, that's yeah, still that was, very much yeah. the case. And Less was, than it was now. We're back then, but yeah, but, but now they realize that it, it's, there's so much more than just being a hyperactive kid in a classroom. It's mm-hmm. actually subtle things that yeah. are ADHD. None of that was talked. I don't remember anything about beyond the school years. So, how old were you when when Carl when this happened? When I started, oh, when you I was. Found out you had ADHD. I was in my mid fifties. So, what was that? What was that like for you? Like, I was like, I never it... really thought about my ADHD. I just felt guilty all the time because I was always mess. I was always forgetting things. I was constantly procrastinating, constantly um, uh, wrong about things, and just. Um, prior, prioritizing completely inappropriately, like I could finish this or I could bake a cake and I would always go bake a cake. <laughs> and uh, like even at work, in, it, when I was working in New York, I uh, Kevin was ADHD too, I'm pretty sure. I, I imagine, yeah. He and I, we were, he worked for me, but we were, we were, we had so much fun. I mean, it was, it was really serious business, but I'd be working my ass off at my computer and he'd be working his ass off and he'd show up into my office door and go, how you doing? I say, I'm so freaking sick of sitting at this computer and I, I can't, I got to get this done. And I just got to go. He goes, I was going to throw this basketball at your window. Is that cool? I was like, we're 16 floors up. This is such a great idea. <laughs> so they ended both of our jobs right there. We spent the next 15 minutes getting the courage to throw a basketball out of the window into Manhattan, New York City. Well, I remember there was and like hoping a... hoping we didn't hit a car while it bounced all the way down the street. And we did it. There was a decent amount. There was a decent... There was like a, a secondary roof somewhere down there. It no, was a... no. It went all the way so down. So not... It didn't hurt. It didn't help. somebody. It was two in the morning. Okay, because we were... <laughs> Kevin and I were such procrastinators that we pulled every week. As you know, I, uh-huh. I pulled an all-nighter. Right. 
I might not have had to pull in the all-nighters if I started the job earlier during the week rather than waited till the last minute. But well, that's what I'm gonna say because you, so you and Kevin, I don't want to diagnose Kevin, but Kevin, coworker of my father, yeah, Kevin, zany. Hi, Kevin. Think of the word zany, and he's a zany guy. Kevin's he had a drawer full of candy in his in his in his office. And just, he's the guy in the skateboarding video with Eric. Oh yeah, yeah. Which yeah. we should and very loving and very guy. very loving. Very loving, yeah. yeah. Just a wonderful not, guy. Not, um, but you and you, you and he would bounce off each other. One of being there was as a kid with ADHD. Oh, it, it was amazing being like, oh my gosh, adults can be kids too. This is great. But you and he were also very proficient at your jobs. We good were really, jobs. really good. At how did how did that? What, what was your working like there? I mean, what, what was your workflow like there? I suppose. How did even though it's hard to sit at a desk and not you know, and not have interesting things, having to sit there and organize, you know, files and stuff like that. Out of all that annoyance, eventually at the end of the week, you ended up with a finished graphic for a music magazine. But yeah, we won awards too. You won awards. How did you get there? How, what, how did you get to you that mean week to week, like during a week? Like, yeah. How no. was your process? How did you oh, end yeah. up with a finished um, graphic? Well, where we worked was a magazine called Newsweek and I was the graphics director there. So we were, it was a weekly magazine that died when the internet came around pretty much but it existed but it's a crummy crummy magazine anyway <laughs> the it was such a great stellar magazine for 85 years in new york but um but anyway so during the, the weekday started on tuesday and we go to press on saturday night so the week was from tuesday to saturday and then sunday and monday we were off but i so tuesday you report it's a weekly magazine so you're reporting about things that aren't you're gonna. You're doing stuff on a Tuesday. That's gonna. You're hoping is still gonna be news when you go to press. In a, all next Saturday when it goes to press, what happened on Tuesday? People want to read it, that that old news. So I thought nobody cares about Tuesday. I'm just gonna goof off all day. Wednesday, same thing. <laughs> Thursday, we should start thinking about getting serious here because now we're gonna be up against a deadline. So we'd start working and thinking about what we were going to do. And the cover story might be the, the World Trade Center attack. Well, the World Trade Center attack, whole different story. It's called Scramble the Jets. Everybody jumps into their drivers into it and just works till they drop. But, you know, somebody likes that. Oh, we're doing a cover story on diabetes. You're like, oh, okay. So that means that there's no breaking news, no wars, no plane crashes. or anything. So we're just going to do a fluffy cover on the very bad scourge of diabetes. And so... I wound up uh, thinking about like what what is what about diabetes? I'm not interests me like I don't know anything about diabetes, <laughs> and I have to do this whole thing explaining it. So I would start researching it for serious on Thursday. Could you get yourself to focus on Thursday? Um, enough to get just the research going, and maybe a, a little sketch of what I was thinking about doing that would diagram because I was the artist there, so I explained visually explained what diabetes was and how it killed nerves and stuff like that. And so by Friday, I'm, I'm starting to get a little serious because it's Friday and the bosses are going to start going on my office door. Like, what have you got going here? We haven't seen anything, which was a weekly ritual with us. <laughs> and, um, and then I wound up um, pulling an all-nighter Friday night into Saturday every week, every week. And how how did that affect your focus? Were you it, well, it able to focus during the crunch time? Um, it definitely affected, it affected other things. How did it affect my focus? I really, really focused well when I when there was absolutely no option. You either get this done now, or you're in deep shit. Mm -hmm. Like you're gonna get fired. 
and uh, there's going to be a big hole in the magazine with where your thing was supposed to be, but you didn't make your deadline. And and I was the boss. I had 12 people working for me in that department, so we were all, um, we were all under the, we were all, uh, they, were, they were the ones like, you know, Bonnie was really good. She was someone I should have learned from who started very early in the week and built her thing throughout the week. Um, whereas I was, I was waited and waited because I wasn't ever sure. My brain just couldn't focus on, what to do. You said it affected your marriage, too. How, how was that? Well, I would ask her, but I didn't know I was ADHD until that study and at the university. Mom, so when he says it affected your marriage, was that because he was coming home late? Is it because he was stressed all the time on the, late in the week? Um, it's actually sort of, it's pretty hard to sort of hear in hindsight because... Yeah, I mean, I raised you two boys pretty much as a single mother, which is not how I put it until years later. All I knew was that Carl was gone all the time and that he worked all night Friday nights and most Saturdays. And so the the idea that some of that was because you couldn't just friggin' focus. Hmm. But that was also trained because... Often, whenever you started something early in the it week, it would be scrapped. I get it. It would be scrapped, and, and you wasted that. all that time working on something that. that nobody wanted because and that was that. old news, and now they're serious because it's Thursday, so we're changing the cover from diabetes to this. And, and there's that always that happens I think eight times would, out of ten. You you are never ever a malicious person. You never do anything to hurt me or our family. But being the partner of someone with ADHD is a thing. I mean, I'm sitting at the table with three of you wonderful people. <laughs> it's a thing, you know, because you can't focus. You can't get something done until there's been sort of a long time and a bunch of chaos. When you're not ADHD, that's hard to watch. And it affects things like that you're not home because you can't start the graphic until, you know, and, and, and I and going to what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast about how Eric in the weird position of helping his parents' marriage, your whole thing on time dilation hmm. was just blew my head off. It's like, oh my god, he's not just an idiot. He literally can't tell what five minutes versus three months is in a project. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty staggering, isn't it? It it's was so great. I, it, it was so great. So, uh, and but but the the thing about procrastination when you're in a relationship with somebody is it affects the person you're in a relationship with. Unless, and this is the interesting thing, and I'd actually love to hear podcasts of the partners of people with ADHD. Unless you back off. I mean, I back off a lot because I can't go into the chaos. I can't be invested in the chaos. I can't it, it because I'm a I'm an organized son of a gun, you know. I mean, I like, right. and so I can't. We have a retirement account. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Where did you learn that? I when I retired, <laughs> I was talking about it. When did you said, you know, you can retire, and I was like, no, I can't. I mean, we still. She goes, oh yes, you can. I have a retirement account. I was like. Oh my God! Did I marry the right person? <laughs> what, um, Sorry, mom, of your... what was it? What it, 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 it sounds exhausting to try to keep up with the chaos of an ADHD person. I have no idea. 
um, because I am one, but how, how easy was it or have you even found a balance between being engaged enough to maybe help them or understand them more, but also advocate for yourself and set boundaries and think I can't be involved with the level of chaos or, or uh, misprioritization or whatever that's going on with, with that other person? Um, the boundary I set is sort of with me is that mm. I am going to try, I am just, I mean, I, I said it as we were driving on this trip, there are very few problems that can't be solved. If you forget your wallet at the grocery store, you come home and get it. If you forget, I mean, you know, there are very few things in life that are really, really, really serious. And so I just kind of try really hard not to be invested it other than solving the problem. And I am a problem solver. That's where I go in my head. If this thing has happened, how are we going to solve it? We're going to use FedEx and the wallet will arrive. I, you know, whatever. I, I go into It's true. I, I, I did lose, I forgot my wallet for this trip out here to see you. I left it at home. So, and we're flying back. We drove here, but we're flying back and I can't get on the plane without my wallet, but I left my wallet home. So we had to scramble and find someone to break into our house and Federal Express into it. it, but she never yelled at me about that. She was just always like, "What are we going to do about the, you, you, not not having the wallet? We need the wallet." And it was total. I was not. You were spinning, and I. I was not in trouble. Calm. I think. I think the hard part in terms of the marriage, besides the specific stuff, is I always have to be the calm one and the organized one. Except when you're not calm, and I am. Well, and 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 then, but the. Has that, does that happen? It's happening now. <laughs> <laughs> what? I think... I are an ass. We've been married 30 hey, just, years. I, if I could just say back, yeah. to, back to, the, to, the, to the Newsweek thing about my procrastinating and that made your life uh, a living hell. Um, mm -hmm. I just want to point out that I would... War, I would I was in, I was unable to do that worksheet at Newsweek for all these early days, but then when I had to go, my brain clicked into this hyperfocus that just catapulted me to into the mid, into the midnight hours into reaching my deadline and winning awards and doing great work and beating the competition, which was my job. I, I, and, and I, I know that I needed to no... get into that space, that headspace where I could just go and zoom in on that problem and do it. And that's the way I work. That's the way I paint. That's the way I write. I'm work. I'm doing a, I'm doing, I'm doing writing right now. And, and you're incredibly good and creative at what you do. I wasn't trying, that's another, I wasn't pushing for, okay, you can compliment me, but. I wasn't um, complimenting you. Yeah. I was going to say how it affects me. <laughs> oh, okay. If you were fishing, you just got an old boot. <laughs> nice old boot for Jen. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, the fact that you need this kind of warm up period of increasing anxiety yeah, to get you to the point right, where you was. can shoot the arrow. That's exactly what it was, increasing anxiety. Yes. So as someone who loves you and lives with that you. That I created. And watches you create anxiety as the time window shortens. And I, as an organized, you know, planner of a person, which is probably why we're, we're married and it works so well. But still, I'm like... Good Lord, you know, do and then and then on Friday you can like take off. So it's 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 hard, and 
I spend a lot of time alone. Yeah, yeah. I, I spend a lot of time alone raising boys. Right now, you're writing this online course that you're going to teach. You're working eight plus hours a day on it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great, and it will be great, is the thing. But I'm alone. Because that's your process, and you're going to work it and work it and work it and procrastinate and do the thing and write this this much to get this much. And I get it. I love you. That's your process. But it it does affect the life, the literal daily hourly life of the other person. Yeah. And then you throw my depression into that mix and my mental health. And so I do a lot of stuff to safeguard my own mental health. But despite all of that, <laughs> that all may be true. Um, you need me, baby. Oh, I, I do. I do. I absolutely. And I, you know, we're. I mean, you. We're speaking on one subject. I'm very spontaneous. So, Let's just go. And she's like, Oh, oh. I, I wouldn't have half the adventures in my. We life have a lot of we fun. Married, and I tend to say. Let's think about that. And you're like, no, I'm buying the trailer. No, I'm buying the car. No, I'm buying a motorcycle. No, we're gonna go. You know, and and so motorcycle in there. I love you, and yes, but the subject we're on today is how ADHD affects you, our marriage, and our negatively and positively, but negatively and positively, and positively. Yeah. So you said a second ago that you had to do a number of things to safeguard your own mental health. What were some of those things? The back, the, the, the detached with love that you learn in, you know, when you love an alcoholic or any alcoholic. Um, and I think ADHD, you know, I detach with love. So the, the, the law, the, the things that happen, I see them, I problem solve. I, I am really sorry that it must be frustrating as hell to forget your wallet or a meeting or whatever it is. I mean, I, I, you, you're not doing that maliciously. So, but I detach with love hmm. a lot from that. Um, and then the depression that is mine, Carl's amazing. You know, he, he gets me out of the house. He recognizes my mood. He makes sure I have eaten. Um, you know, we take care of each other. That's what we do. And it will make me cry to think about it because we really do take care of each other. That's marriage. Um, I think it's a, it's a good marriage. It's a good marriage. But it yeah. isn't a marriage that doesn't come with things like, I love, love, love this man, but I detach a lot. Because I need to. Makes sense. <laughs> Look at you, you made it to the middle of the episode, you little goofy goober. Congratulations. I just wanted to take a moment to thank all the people that have helped us on this weird infinite quest journey, both financially and the people who have been helping us behind the scenes, making uh, the, the Hey Good and, and Kadiosaurus and Infinite Quest Twitch streams work and flow better. Thank you, Anne, for helping us with weird tax stuff. Thank you, Moon, for just, I mean, God, where do I start? Thank you, Moon, for just being an indefatigable source for good in the world. And thank you, Scribbles, for being there just all the time. I'm always shocked, even when I go live randomly in the middle of the day. You're always there. I just, I appreciate you all so much. I, I can't begin to express my gratitude. 
What's that? What's going on at the Patreon, you say? Well, Katie and I have started doing watch-alongs for movies that we really like. We just finished doing, uh, what's the, Katie, what's the name of the movie? Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. In the, in the, in the, the Last Crusade. In The Last Crusade. Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. We really want to do movies that, like, I haven't seen, that Katie loves, and vice versa, and that kind of stuff. So it'll be, like, one person's introduction into a whole new world. But oh, it was a lot of fun. Katie, that's trademarked. You're gonna get this whole thing shut down by Disney. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a whole thing. Challenge can I, accepted. Can I just do this one thing? No. Well, we've been procrastinating, and it's Wednesday night. Don't you so dare I, close your eyes. <laughs> a new horizon. So, anyways, we're gonna start doing little watch-alongs. They're gonna be audio filey things, much like a podcast. Uh, we're gonna talk about like what's the deal is if you know I've you know I had never seen Indiana Jones before so Katie asked me like what do you think this movie's about that kind of thing and then we like go, okay everybody get ready to play three two one play and then we can watch the movie together and you can listen to me and Katie say dumb things during the movie and it's gonna be a great time so uh, stay tuned for more of those on the Patreon if you have any suggestions for movies you'd like to to see us do uh, you know send them on over on the Patreon no promises because they take a long time to make because they would take a movie length to record and this interstitial is going on for too long so I'm gonna end it now back to the to the to the interview transition. I have a question about something you said earlier. You said that you don't ever yell. Because I grew up with a mom who yelled. Yeah, My mom was a yell. yeller. So what I want to know is, did you learn that raising two boys and caring for a husband with ADHD? Or did you, was that always just kind of who you are? Was the problem solver calm, collected? Or did you have to develop that skill over time? Um... I, you know, this would be a whole other podcast about, I, I definitely was raised in a family that doesn't yell. No, definitely not. Um, no yelling? No yelling. No. It's and so I, quiet. I, um, uh, yelling my own personal anger, there's a whole other podcast, <laughs> I don't do my own personal anger in any outward way. Same. Thus the depression. I'm quite, you know, I could diagnose myself. But no, I, I, I really don't even go to yelling. It's not like I want, well, I there guess are, I there, do. There's sort of, your pterodactyl voice. I get about every five years. <laughs> I'm sorry, the, the term, the term pterodactyl voice was just said. We're going to have to test that. Well, it's only quiet, to me, and it's only when I really get pissed at her about something. Like, she's mad at me about something like, Carl, you really got, and I'm just going to, I'm going to go and get all defensive and say something childish. And she gets mad. And then she just says, My elbows <laughs> She poses. It's more, the pterodactyl came because I just started laughing. <laughs> she did, she just, her arms go on her hips very high, like up, more up the upper lower rib cage. Her arms, and she gets very angry. And then she points her elbows at me. <laughs> So I can't even get him as far forward as she does. And then she starts flapping him like this. <laughs> to stress, to stress her point. And she's screaming at me. And I said, you look just like a fucking terrorist. Oh, God. <laughs> true, right? <laughs> but she's only done that probably four times in 30 years. So I really can. That was, those are buttons I just would say. I'm not going to push that button again because that was, that pterodactyl was coming for me. You know? I describe it as, you know, the movie Splash? 
Green Splash. Oh, yeah, Dara yeah. Hannah. Well, she's a mermaid. She's a mermaid. Anyway, oh, some turn, she, she goes into a, a, big, a Best Buy or some sort of store that is selling TVs, and she can't talk because she's a mermaid, and then somebody tries to get her to talk, and she tries to verbalize in human language, but she's a mermaid, and she does this <laughs> horrific, screaming, wailing yeah. thing and blows out all the t- they They all pop because she's just making this noise. That's my that's for that's <laughs> uh, But yeah, but she doesn't really get angry. I mean, did she get angry? I get angry. I don't yell. I don't. But I, yeah, that's true. In you my experience, yell. you don't get angry. You don't yell, but you do get angry. It's it's much more of like a. You're more quiet to 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 draw in the listener. You know, it's it, it's mm, that's way your, scarier. Your tone changes a little bit. Yeah, it's it's way scary. She starts whispering. Oh my god, don't it? When she starts oh, yeah. whispering, I just like, need you to. I just oh, god. Need. Just need <laughs> <laughs> would it have been better if I yelled? I don't know. I think my I, I would uh, save a lot more money on therapy if you had. I think perhaps <laughs> that's fifty percent a joke. But I, I think because if you had yelled, I would have it, I would have time stamped the moments that were very impactful to me because it'd be like oh that time you yelled very loudly. But since they were quieter, they're harder to recognize. I think if I I think I don't know. I mean. I, I haven't done enough thinking about that to like to really. But say how do you know. yell over something that is just part of the person that you love? Oh well, uh, let me tell yeah. you how that <laughs> happens. Uh, what you do is, you know, say for example, you have a, a kid who just can't keep their room clean. So what you do is you just keep screaming at them about it over and over and over, just over and over and over again to the point where now every time you yell, your kid just checks out. It just starts like counting squares on the ceiling, so they don't even hear you yell. It's the new year. So, do you more. still have a therapy fund too? I do. It's so uh, patreon.com. <laughs> 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 um, well, no, well, that's the thing. Is my, like, yeah. my mom, Grammy, your grandmother, my yeah. mom, she always said, pick your battles. Mm. And maybe for better or for worse, I don't pick that many. Yeah, I think what was I, I think about that, and I think say that pretty often. Pick your battles, especially with Katie. The amount of BS Katie has to go through on her uh, internet life, <laughs> the amount of people giving you shit. Um, but like, if I had to pick my battles, my ideal would be no battles. That's my. That's where I want to be is no battles. And if I'm picking them, then I get to choose the logic by which I pick those battles. And so you can flip stuff around in your head to eventually make it to choose no battle. Like, no battle is worth fighting. But that's not advocating for yourself. Right. You and need I, to, to assert the things I, that you I need. I am you know? horrible at advocating myself. And I don't mean that so much in my marriage. I do probably mean it in my whole family bigger thing. Um what is my position? Although I did a bunch of years back say I am no longer going to be the family mediator. Everybody's going to have to figure this yeah, out. And, and it was a really, really, really hard time in our mm-hmm. family. Um, but like at work, I, I'm terrible at advocating for myself. I'm very, I'm very uncomfortable with it. So, you know, there are times, let's go back to ADHD, where things happen where maybe I should yell and stomp and say, this is really awful for me right now you know this is really affecting me and i'm really really mad but i actually have the capacity to handle a lot Mm -hmm. yeah and so where is that boundary i don't know well i I think when it comes to self-advocacy especially in a relationship um and i'd imagine more especially especially in a marriage is that neither one of you, mom and dad, are right and the other wrong. It's not like, dad, you're wrong for having ADHD, therefore you need to be as 
in all encompassingly uh, accommodating to whatever mom's needs are at all times and neglect yourself such to facilitate mom's needs, nor is it you, mom, having depression. You need to facil facilitate dad's needs and neglect your own mental health for his. It's an interplay, of course. It's a, a hopefully a healthy push and pull until eventually you find a healthy equilibrium between the two of them, um, which is very difficult. And so, yes, mom? Equilibrium and she balance. Raised her hand. Equilibrium and she balance her hand. Yeah, is a killer concept. It's a horrible, Wait, horrible is... concept. Do you mean horrible like you, you disagree with the premise or it's difficult? I think aiming for balance is soul sucking. Huh. Because you think it's an end point. If you if Carl and I have reached balance in our marriage, then whatever if i have the right work-life balance eureka if if we've reached equilibrium it's not it's like you're on a teeter-totter or a seesaw they don't have those anymore well, osha well i don't think but, it locks in i don't think it's like you you hit the night you, yeah, you're picking I think the lock subconsciously and you feel like we feel like we're aiming for equilibrium like it's a continent Huh, always... I suppose I mean I, I, I hear that. I hear See, that. I'm I'm team I'm team mom because I I've always felt like that too because I feel like there's this idea that a partnership is always fifty fifty, but like particularly <sighs> having depression, sometimes you can only give ten percent right? and the teeter totter goes the other way, and so if you're looking for equilibrium, if you're if you're constantly looking for balance. There's this idea that, like, I have to manufacture that other 40% oh. out of nothing. I have nothing to give. I have nothing to contribute. And that's where Carl steps up and, you know, and, and, and saves me. I mean, and, and really, because at that point, he's giving 95%. Then there are other times when I'm giving 95%. But there's no 50-50. It's just that over time... You stay afloat, or over time, it's more give and take, right? Yeah, yeah. I suppose. I mean, it's, I, it's I, more tug of war. Balance I makes me feel guilty because huh. I fail at it. Yeah, and so it's one of those things you aim for, or you're told to aim for, that is unachievable to me. And I like if you tell me the rule, I'm going to meet it. Like, <laughs> tell me, tell me how to get the A, and I'm going to get it. And if it's balance, I've just found it to be. Not balanced like this, but maybe maybe it's like trends over time. I don't really know, but balance kills me. Well, I think uh, uh, that I, I hear that's all incredibly valid. I, I think I'm, I'm trying to reconcile what I mean by a balance or equilibrium because I don't I don't at all think balance or equilibrium means equal effort. You mean partnership? I mean partnership, I suppose. That's yeah. what you mean. Where if if all your what one is capable of giving at a specific time is like ten percent. The, you're you're making that fit. You're making that work in that moment where, for example, if, if I'm super depressed and I can't do something, I can only give 10% of whatever my... I mean, actually, you know what? ADHD time, switching topics, switching points here. I got a different... I'm going to shift my other soapbox on over here and I'm going to jump on that. I don't think... 10% of what? I think you're giving 100% of what you can in that moment, that depressed moment. Mm. Like 10% of 100% being like your best possible day. Because I don't think that's a really, I don't think com comparing yourself to that moment is, is I don't want to say it's an unhealthy thing to do, but I think it's, it's more, it, it's better, like you're giving 100% on your depressed days. If you're, sometimes it takes me 100% to get up and shower. Like that's not me giving five percent because I'm so shitty. That is a hundred percent. That is a hundred percent that day. Yeah. Um, 
And I, and so I don't I don't know I guess when I think of equilibrium and balance I don't necessarily mean that each partner is pulling literal or literally equal weight. I think it's equilibrium is 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 having the communication skills to to find exactly what weight you can pull and what weight the other person can pull or other people can pull. And how you, do you make it work, I guess. It's I mean, a, maybe equilibrium is just a shitty word. It I'm, is a I'm shitty word. Stop. It's like blend. It's, I, and I'm thinking out loud. This isn't like a theory I have. I, I think support. it's like it's like blending your systems. Like you're, like in a partnership. Like you have your system for living your life and what you need and who you are and what your wiring is and all that. And I have mine. And over time, we've blended our systems. Yeah, through understanding through and the acceptance and... Time. I mean, honestly, I think a lot of it is time. Um, and we kind of blended them. And it's rough. And I mean, you know, I, I it's frustrating when you forget your wallet on the thing. It's not like I'm like, oh... Hooray! Yeah. Or... Because yeah, I know her well enough that she's really wishing I hadn't forgotten my damn wallet. I don't. She doesn't need to verbalize it. Well, I already know she's like. Well, and that's yeah. the thing. What am I going to say that's going to make it feel worse than he already did? I right already feel. Well, I already know she knows. I mean, this is a, that we. I know. Over time, we know each other so well that I sense every uh, every nuance of her mood, and yeah. I I like to do that actually. From from your angle, Dad, how does it? I, 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 the way I wanted to phrase this question has changed a lot in the last couple of minutes. So here, here's a blended version of all of those. <laughs> but I guess, how does it feel for you in the moment? Well, I guess in, in several moments. How does it feel in the moment when you're hyper-focused on something and you're interrupted? And how does it feel when through a complete, you know, shitty roll of the dice, you forget your wallet and it fucks some huge grand plan up? Like, how does it feel in those moments? And how, do, how much of that those feelings do you think are based on how it affects mom. Often mom's the one doing the interrupting. So it's sort of like, okay, what is it you need? You know, I have to, I have to actually. Interrupting of the hyperfocus. Yeah. Interrupting my hyperfocus. Cause it's, it's sort of, you know, you, you can't ignore something she needs, right? But right. it's time to do this or we need to go or whatever. And you, or I don't realize I'm interrupting hyperfocus. Although yeah. you've been working on the book for a while and I'm like, we need to, have a life no do something we said yeah. we were going to do but I've, I've 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 and that's a concept i've learned from listening to your podcast that i'm interrupt that's been really helpful that i'm interrupting hyper focus and i am that person that doesn't mean my need isn't valid i might need to uh, interrupt hyper focus but then pick your battles do i really hmm. so that's been really helpful like i get I, I he's not just being a jerk who's ignoring me and whatever he, the brain, his brain is working and he has this project he's passionate about. Yeah. And I'm, 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 but I'm I, sure it pisses him off. Does it piss you off? Uh, no, not, 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 not it, some of the things you'll, if you make me stop working on something altogether, like just, let's just don't do that, please. Like, don't do that. Like, don't paint the, don't, don't strip the trailer and paint it. Don't, <laughs> you don't need, don't. I'm like, why not? I mean, come on, what are you talking about? This is going to be really great. Um, but, you know, that's when I, it's like, uh, but, um, but then I'm really later, I, but within minutes, I'm on to something else. So um, I, I like, I'm, I'm, a, 
I'm, I'm exactly like you, Eric. We're both quintessential self-learners and probably a lot like you, too, although you have two master's degrees. We've never been to college, but, um, but we are... Uh, we are really into learning and self-learning is our way to do it because we can't abide by sitting in a desk all day, really, and studying, you know, listening to somebody drone on and on. But, um, okay, well, there's just, that's a ghost. I knew this place was haunted. Um, so, <laughs> Every time you were in Airbnb, it was, it was a ghost. This Airbnb is haunted, I knew it. But, you know, like, I'm a... I'm a, I've, I've, I'm, I'm an artist, and that's all self-training. I've never taken an art class. I'm all these things, but I know I'd be a whole lot better artist, like an amazing artist, if I weren't only doing it in stages. How does that feel? Bursts of hyper-focus. You know, if I were just this more like Dorsey here, just I, I'm going to every day work on my art, and I'm going to get better in, until I'm, I'm Michelangelo, you know. Yeah, but here's um, the other part. It, Sorry, the point is, I never, I never write, ever. Yeah, and but that that's not your be, thing, and no, I never it would be if I was brave job. enough to do it. And you do do it. So hyperfocus has its and the drive that you can't stop to do the thing. I admire and envy it. Yeah, yeah. While it also affects my life. I mean, I, I, I would love to be unable to do anything other than write. Yeah, the thing was, we are both retiring soon. Uh, and um, I'm never, I will be, you could put me in a prison cell with a, with a napkin. Oh, yeah. And I'll be happy for oh, yeah. hours with that napkin. Get a chest. <laughs> I might even go days with that napkin. And... Um, but Dorsey, you can put her in the middle of Disneyland, and she's going to go, I hate retirement. <laughs> I have nothing. There's nothing here I want to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm depressed. That's really true. And that's yeah, true. Well, and so I'm worried. I think we're going to approach this new life of ours, this new final chapter. Um, and then death. Okay. Uh, as uh, Sorry. Hey, you know, you got to face the music one day. Um, but anyway, it's sort of like I'm I just I do. My regret is that I'm not a better artist, although I'm pretty happy with what I've achieved. I, and, and in a million other things that I do, um, you're an, you're an amazing chef. You're entirely did it out of, you pulled that one out of your ass well, you know? well, I mean for one I'm not an amazing chef I'm not even, I am not Shut a chef up. don't talk about my friend that way right. yeah all the things thank you um, you've cooked a but, lot of meals and breads and things for us and we're like thanks how does he do that but you're what, doing what, the exact same thing right you realize what's that what do we you're do? not a great artist you could be a lot better you're not a great well, chef you're, you're both good at, at something well, well the thing we so, are good what I mean to, what I mean to say is is however good of a, a cook not chef, cook. I am. A chef is a cook's boss. Okay. Um, I could be a lot better if I had done the things, if I had read the books in an organized way, if I had done... And I built all of those structures in my head. I have recipes written down and like built for like... a course of study. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, okay, I'm going to uh, make a 500 uh, gram batch of dough every day and increase the hydration by 1% for, but for a month so I can find perfectly where the thing is for the spot. Like I've designed all those processes, but I don't do any. Because yeah. of course I don't do any of them. And this the sense of guilt I feel from that is immense. Like, I, I feel it with me all the time. And so I'm, I'm wondering, I'm asking you also, just like as your kid asking his dad for advice, how do you grapple with that? The, the idea that you feel that you could have been epic 
at art had you had the focus to just pay pay the fuck attention read the books go and take the classes well you know um what i've what i decided years ago and uh and i still i still believe this i still feel this and i don't even know it's not a conscious thing but i know i no longer have regrets i just don't i don't allow myself regrets because i've i've i've, I've realized i've I, I'm, I've accomplished I've accomplished a lot, and only I can define what success is. And if I'm angry or or at myself, it's for not or you know it makes me depressed or something. Well, I don't get depressed, but it's um it's on it's my own doing. Other people's expectations of me, except for Dorsey, um, really aren't going to impact how I feel about myself. You know, so. So I'm just saying that I I no longer judge myself. How did you do that? Yeah, did you... I don't know. I because you know what, I always know there's going to be the next thing to do. Mm -hmm. And um, the other, so I define my own success. And what there is one thread throughout my whole life that Dorsey's aware of, um, on some level that I am a pretty self-loathing guy, as you all know, and I I always doubt myself and think I'm. I, I'm. I'm. The, what I've learned is that it was, this was this epiphany. I was trying to be an artist to impress people, particularly girls, when I was in high school, but it didn't work. And but it was like I was trying to impress people that I was worthy, like my parents and my evil, malevolent father and stuff. But I was, I was, I was always trying to do things to impress them, to collect these Life Academy awards of what an amazing talent i am like i'm now at the top of my profession in new york and i'm now i'm an artist and now i'm a teacher and all these things and what i've learned is that none of those academy awards for living life none of them help prevent you from feeling like the piece of shit that you feel like none of them they make zero impact on how you feel about yourself you can become president of the world and it will not matter and so I realized that my greater goal, and this is true, and I told my students this, when I asked them, what is their goal in life? What is their dream? They'd say, to have that job as an ad, an ad agency in Chicago. That's my, my idea of success. That's my dream in life. And I'm like, really? That's it? And after, what if you get that? Then what? I said, you know what my dream in life is to be on my deathbed and think I'm a pretty good guy. I'll be happy if I reach that point in my life. And it's a journey, and I'm sure not there yet. So uh, if I'm not a great artist, it was this path I've taken through understanding that none of that shit means squat to not, me not feeling the ultimate goal, which is that I'm an amazing person. She thinks I'm an amazing person, and I wish I could get to where she thinks I am. And I, I, and I do sometimes... And even if I finish a great painting or something, I I find a million things wrong with it, you know. But on the other hand, I'm sort of proud of it too. <laughs> you know? yeah, you got to keep your ego down. So 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 everything I do is met with a a, 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 a certain amount of success and achievement that makes me feel like I'm not I'm not going to give this up. But also a certain amount of it's not quite there. I've got to work harder at this, and I want to. But I've given up a lot of things in my life that I just said, this is no longer important to me. Hmm. 
Like, do you, how do you feel when you give up those things? Was it, I hate giving stuff up like sugar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I, I have, I have, uh, uh, you know, a health condition. They might not can't eat sugar, which sucks. Well, I mean like a, you know, projects. I know what you mean. It's more fun thinking about how I want to wine, wine overnight being able to eat sugar for the last month. <laughs> but, um, uh, usually when I, when I give something up, like I'm ready to move on, but I, but I love trying it like dairy farming. You know, I've delivered 27 calves. I did that whole spiel. I've owned all the weapons that you're supposed to own when you're a dairy farmer and you shoot bricks and you shoot whatever moves. And I, I thought, well, okay, so I've lived the life of a farmer. I understand those people. I love those people, but I'm not one of those people. And I'm going to quit. And, you know, my stepfather thought I was an evil person for doing that and for quitting. Is it like it's a chapter and you yeah. close it and move on? Yeah, or? That's, really, yeah. that's a good way to put it. They're chapters. And I, I, I think I'd be dead if I were a dentist. Looking in Miss O'Leary's mouth for 42 years, that molar's going to have to come out. I said that 28 years ago. And I was right. <laughs> Kill me now. Thank God for dentists. No, no offense to dentists. It's just not my personality. I, I think, Eric, you, you posted something the other day that I thought of with Carl. I, I sometimes will send things along, but not to. But you said not every project needs to be acted on. Not every good idea, even though it is a really good idea, doesn't need to be acted on. And I thought about Carl because I think... It's really one of your justifications often when you're hyper-focused. I'm using all these terms that I've learned. That wouldn't be how I would say it in normal <laughs> life. But anyway, um, is that it, it is with undeniably a great idea. And I'm always the sort of dragon over here going, yeah, but I don't really care that it's a good idea because it's going to consume you. For the next, you know, I'm going to redo our master bathroom. It's going to take six weeks. That was not a bad project. I mean, like, like <laughs> you, uh, you put, you did child psychology on me and it worked. You said, Carl, you don't need to renovate the master bathroom. And, and um, it's just going to, I renovated our house in Connecticut for 12 years. And mom was like, you know, I remember that. Yeah. when will we be done? When it is finished. And um, that, yeah, but the time blindness comes in, and the and we were, project you know, that can't that, that whatever. But I finished that. I not, I finished it, and I did. I promised her it's not going to take long, and I worked on it every day of my life, and I finished that. And it's it was you like that glass shower, right? I mean, it was amazing. I love all your finished projects. Yeah, I just know that it but, is a process. And a time that is going to pass, that is going to get there. Yeah, I right. never doubt your projects. I doubt whether they're actually, like, you wanting to paint the whole inside of the camper. I'm like, you know what? Why? That is going to consume you for, if we're going to go on this trip for a month or for a year, nine plus months of it are going to be doing this great project. And it is, because the inside of campers are ugly as all get out. Ugly, ugly. Well, ugly. I think... That's the point, is that not being consumed by something is so painfully boring, we'll do anything to get out of it. We'll find anything that needs to be changed and fixed. Okay, so, and I, I, to speak for, I understand for that but, much yeah, better yeah. From, under, from listening mm -hmm. to you, and I, I understand Carl better. I think I actually, I'm really quite proud of myself that we've managed to get this far, where with me <laughs> apparently not understanding exactly 
what you've helped me with. Love is better than under, more important than understanding. Well, I'm I said that I'm a 27 year old and I feel think I'm wise. That's, that's what well, I'm no, saying. I mean, but you may not be wise in the way of what a 30 year marriage is, but you are teaching yourself and learning about how ADHD affects your lives and you're smart enough to be asking how it might affect partnerships and what mm-hmm. that looks like. And so, you know, you're basically going to school in your own way about this and how it affects your life, which I'm immensely proud of you for. I, I think it fits your personality. It will help your life. And this weird byproduct is that I'm understanding Carl more. But the thing to understand is with all these decisions, if you are in a partnership and you are saying it is excruciating, boredom is excruciating to me. Okay. As your partner, not or having you in this state of hyper-focus is lonely for me or is, uh, it, it, it's like being, you're married to an artist, right? So you go, when he's in a project, he's in a project, which I it's probably like being married to a trial order. When they're in a trial, they're in a trial. Well, you know, a person with ADHD, I guess, He's always on trial. He's always in a trial. <laughs> on trial. And so you just... <laughs> while being on trial. While being on trial with partner. <laughs> anyway, it, it, it's not just you that's in hyper-focus. The people around you are dealing with the fact that you're in hyper-focus about a great idea that you can't leave alone. Mm-hmm. And you don't want your partner to be in pain. I don't want you to choose boredom. Good God, Carl. You would, no, I can't even that. imagine your You'd life You'd be bored with me like that. Um, but it is a... It's, it's a thing. Yeah. Hmm. Now, I, normally I have yeah. one last question that I, I, we always ask our guests. Um, and I'm going to ask that question as well, Katie. Don't you worry. But I'm also, I guess I just gave up the game here. But I, I also wanted to ask the question. I'm going to ask you a question. Don't answer it out loud yet. Just think of your answers. How long have we been recording for? So I hit record. How long has it been? If you had to guess. Well, it sounds like the wrap up. So I I know exactly. I was just thinking like that. I should have made it so obvious that it was ending. (laughs) Oh, fine. You got your answers. All right. How old you got mom? An hour. By the way, you're saying 60 60 minutes on the nose. 58 minutes. Okay. Carl, dad. I'm going to say we're over by five minutes. Okay. We got 56 minutes. Is where we are. I was pretty good. I really fucked that up because it's the end of the. Yeah, thing. well, uh, you you give the two away. I, I do a timeline thing. One I have one last to... question for your parents. Okay. Or a secret question. So we might go like three minutes over, but I apologize for that. Okay, that's fine too. But now I, I have another one. All right, fine. Okay. Oh. Okay. So, <laughs> both mom and dad. I'm, I'm 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 both mom and dad. I want you to starting when I snap my fingers. I want you to raise your hand when you think it's been one minute. Okay. Okay. Ready? And then you can you can proceed okay. as normal, Katie. Okay. I'm, I'm, how do you how do you deal with this? I don't know. Okay, so I'm going to ask the question while they're mm-hmm. estimating with it. Yeah. All right. Ready? So starting now. But we're hyper okay. listening. If you could both give one piece of advice to anybody who is struggling with being in a relationship with somebody with ADHD or understanding their own ADHD or like me living with ADHD and depression, which is like the double whammy of fun, like what what would you say like what is like the wisdom that you would impart having loved each other for 30 years about ourselves or our, our, as in a relationship whatever. just whatever yeah, i guess anything you want to say freeform do you want to go first or do you want me to start talk I have, I think, an answer. I'm mulling it over. You so are? if you're ready, you can go. Well, I can wing it. Um, oh, no. All right. So I'll go. Well, you think. <laughs> I think for me, the key is deciding uh, deciding what I really need. One minute, I'd say. 
um, decide what what do I really need? Maybe it's pick your battles. Maybe it's like Sir says, what systems do you not want to degrade? You know, that's my dad always says, if you degrade any system long enough, it will fail. Right. So so to the, to the extent that marriage is a system. What's really important in it to you to not have it fail. Um, so what's really important to me. And it turns out really not that many things are really, really important to me. So what's really important? And remember that when you're faced with some, a lot of chaos coming at you. Yeah, like is it important to be yelling at your, 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 your partner when you should be? Women, huh? When you should be. Um, All right, uh, cool, Dad. Same question to you. Yeah. And then I'm going to tell you your test results. I would say, I would say that we are also a system or as, as we're as i'm gonna riff on that in the sense that we're individuals and our brains are a system our our minds and um uh we break ourselves all the time through the voices we we talk to ourselves you, you know and those voices i've discovered are generally negative they're generally critical they're generally judgmental and harmful and um even you might say, I feel happy, I feel good. That 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 guy that guy smiled at me, that girl smiled at me, that person smiled at me, whatever it is. And um, you're, you're elated for a second because some external force made you feel good about yourself. Um, it's taking years, but I'm learning that I've got to stop being my worst critic, that I've got to embrace myself and embrace all that I am. And we're all, I would say that, ADHD is not a fault. It is a gift. I had a, a magnificent life because of it. it I'd I, I just love it. But but I'm not perfect, and I, I never have struggled. For, I'm not. No, I, I know. I know you think I am, but I'm not. And um, I. So many people strive for perfection, and the thing is, we are all wonderfully, beautifully imperfect. And how boring it would be. Do you ever meet anybody who thought they were perfect? They're assholes. You don't even <laughs> want to know those people. So it's just stop telling yourself you're you're a piece of shit because plenty of other people are going to do that for you anyway, whether they, they're... So just cut yourself some slack and give, show, show yourself some self-love and respect and have a great life, really. It's great out here. Kumbaya, baby. Kumbaya. I'm groovy. Wonderful. Well, so in terms of your minute guesses, thank you, Katie, for putting up with this. Um, Mom, or sorry, Dad, you were eight seconds under. You called eight at, seconds at under fifty-two seconds. That's very good. impressive. Very, very good. impressive. I was Mom, way over. To be honest, did you did you forgot and I just did. go? Oh, I didn't. I'll raise it now. I did, yeah. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. You were for, you were forty seconds over. Yeah, I forgot. That impressive. Um, well, all right. So we we do have to wrap up. But my brain is good at multitasking. I'm just that's true. That's true. Um, I'm lying. <laughs> It's also a bad line. Um, so last question uh, for both of you. Short answers, if you would. Yes, short a answers. Bit, but short answers. We've got it. We're over. Um, if you could know, you know, magic, wave a magic wand and know every language in the world completely fluently and eloquently, or wave a magic wand and become virtuosic at every instrument in the world, which would you choose? But music is a language. That's we, the first guy that, Ben, ben Brainerd, the Ben Brainerd episode. 
Um, I was like, well, well, dude, music is the universal language. He goes, no, Eric, literal universal language is the universal language. The other option is literally universal language. I thought that's fine. Um... I, I, my, my answer was no question. What Every language. Every language? Yeah. Why is that? Because I get to talk to everybody in the world and see all, all about them. With instruments, you just play, maybe play with other people. You, but you don't know what the fuck they're saying. They're going, <laughs> well, what the fuck does that mean? I don't even know what that tuba means. So I, I like communicating with people. I love that I speak fluent Spanish because it's opened up an entire continent south cool. of the border and also Spain. And I've been all over both those places, and I just love the people, and I wish I spoke more languages. Hmm. People are great. People suck. I would choose <laughs> I would choose um, music because what I would really choose in terms of an instrument is voice. If hmm. I could sing yeah. and be in community with other people who could sing. Huh. You could. And you they loophole that. Yeah, well, I was going to say, if you, were, first loophole, if you were virtuosic at every instrument and voice is absolutely an instrument, then you would be able to sing it. Why wouldn't you be able to sing in every language? Your mom solved it. She solved the riddle. Well, now I can't answer that question anymore. She, she merged the two. She merged them. That's true. But sorry, Mom, you were giving a legit answer. And, and... No, but that was it. You said be brief. That was my answer. I would, I would choose music because I would choose voice. And I you feel like I would you know all the other be in community with people in a way where I didn't necessarily need to talk to them. Because hmm. sometimes talking to people is exhausting, triggers my depression and all those things. But music also gets through my rational, linear brain and does something. Hmm. Well, mom and dad... Thanks for being on our little podcast. It was very fun. This is what your son does for a living. I so really. This cool. was a lot of fun, and I, so I just love you so much. Not you, Eric, mom. <laughs> and, uh, since this is a podcast, but really, I'm. I'm. Thanks for understanding. Of course. All right. Really. Let's let's eat dinner because we're. I my stomach my tummy grumbles are going to start getting picked up by the mic. Night. Good night, everybody. Morning, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Josh Banana. Thank you, Nicole Butterba. I thank you, Mary Butterba. You're the newest patron. See the world. You're the newest patron. Mary, Josh, and Nicole. Mary, Josh, and Nicole. I use the better chords. There are more chords in the world than F, C, and G. To get their names in a in a Patreon song, they should visit patreon.com slash infinite quest. Patreon.com slash infinite quest.